I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? Yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like, how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that <laughs> then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long-term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh my the one that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. By 2025, they would have, we would have 88 smart cities in the entire world. A smart city is a lot more than just the tech part of it. It's about that idea of being more efficient. Can you also draw the parallel to Hogsmeade? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> That's as close as I got to maybe Harry's Potter. I'm not sure how this works out, but... (laughs) The building industry has long been reluctant to change. When things are going well, developers and builders have had no incentive to rock the boat. But now... Post-recession... A shift in society and culture has ushered in a tidal wave of change in the industry, and there's no going back. Welcome to Spaces, where we explore and analyze how the building industry is evolving, from design and construction to management and economics. Join hosts Jason, Ali, and Demetrius as they discuss the evolution of your spaces. Hello, welcome to Spaces. I'm your host, Demetrius, and I'm here with co-hosts Ali and Jason. Hey guys. Hey. Hello. We're, we're back at it for our third episode now. How have you guys been since since we last recorded? Any any new new events or things that came up? Well, first off, I finally have found a podcast that is totally up my alley. <laughs> nice. It is Secrets of Wealthy Women. Secrets of Wealthy really? Women. Yes. So Wall Street Journal put it on and they had Liz Ann Saunders and they have, of course, they have Sheryl Sandberg and they have all of these women that you would imagine. And I can't remember this lady, but I discovered this lady that 
I want to be one day. She's amazing. And she works on Wall Street and she's just straightforward. She's kind of like, she's kind of like Jason in a woman form, except in... Oh, that's disturbing. (laughs) But... I'm thinking she's probably pretty good looking. She's pretty pretty fantastic. So I've thoroughly enjoyed that. But besides that, I found that while I was on my trip to India. So been to India and back since last time. How many trips have you taken since the last recording? Well, India was for fun. Salt Lake City was for work. Okay. Uh, how long were you in India? Nine days. Wow. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Good for you. It's interesting. I haven't been to India. <laughs> yeah. um, I have no desire to go to India. Really? Um, I have like zero desire to travel. Hmm. Oh. None whatsoever. There's only one place I really want to see physically, and I'm totally fine never seeing it. What? Uh, Where yeah. is it? Uh, it's the uh, Colosseum in Rome. You have to. It's so uh, I, cool. You know, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But most of the traveling I do is for work, which is day trips, or what happened for us um, is for sports. So all the traveling I ever did was for sports, and now for my son's team, we just got invited to an international finals in uh, um, Ontario, Canada, in middle of January. Oh, so okay. we're putting that trip together, which should be kind of fun. But That's it's right exciting. next to Niagara Falls, basically. Oh, okay. Which would be really cool. So Very cold. My wife made me pop for the extra cost on the room to have the, the falls view. <laughs> of course. Yeah. And I'm like, can't we just watch it on TV? <laughs> That's Save a few bucks. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but no, nothing too crazy for us. I mean, it's nice to finally get through a lot of our year end. Oh, yeah. So that kind of halts a lot of uh, uh, activity for, for me on our side. But yeah. we need to say, so we got here at one o'clock today. Jason had been to the gym, taken his family out to breakfast. We live in Orange County, drove up to LA, went to the auto show, oh my God. and came back. And is now here recording the podcast. I needed to finalize my Christmas list uh, of wants from Santa. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I don't think I've been good enough to get either one, probably. So <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> what is that? More time? Is that going to go on your list? No, it's faster cars to get there quicker, so I uh. have more time. <laughs> awesome. We just need to. Uh, have the flying cars now exactly what about you uh nothing too eventful editing a ton and uh you know trying to get this thing off the ground doing all the social media and whatnot but we recently or just last night actually my wife and i did double duty on uh the the christmas party deal between um both of our jobs so that was pretty fun Coincidence. I know she's not up and walking around though. Right? Yeah, no, uh, it was it was a long night. Uh, but coincidentally, we were both at uh, classic car shows or classic car museums. Uh, so like Marconi and yeah, then where? Yeah, so Marconi and um, I can't I can't think of the other one, the name of the other one. But it's it's right, you know where Dirty Nelly's is the bar. I can honestly and, say I don't know where Dirty Nelly okay. is. Yeah, it's, it's I think dirt, I'm okay with that. It's D U R T Y, so it's not dirty. <laughs> it's Dirty Nelly. So anyway, I can't I can't think of the name of it. But we both uh, had the classic car cool. uh, museum and jumping back and forth. It's an interesting venue to be in because uh, it's like a warehouse. Yeah, and you just know, cars you have, like, like just cars around. all around. So you don't have this real vibe of being at a party type deal it's it's interesting to kind of be there we have stuff that you have to be like super careful around yeah there's signs everywhere don't sit on this don't touch this keep your food and drinks away from here Uh, exactly yeah well and and speaking of christmas parties when i was in salt lake city i don't know if you guys have been recently but you can't buy alcohol anywhere except a state liquor store okay and so i was at my hotel and i was like 
I really just want a glass of wine tonight. How can I get a glass of wine? And she was like, well, it's about five miles away. And so I was like, all right, I guess I'll Uber to go get a oh glass of wine. And literally she's like, Uber to go get no. a glass so of wine. So she goes, oh, don't worry. It's within our hotel shuttle difference. So I got in the hotel shuttle and he <laughs> shuttles me off to the liquor Do you understand store. what type of drunk you sound like right now? <laughs> I should be clear. I don't even drink much at home. No, 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 no. When no. You We're don't not have... believing any of this going oh forward anymore. God. When you don't have access she to it. She basically invented Uber. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not woman uber that's wine uber oh yes. my god that Coming is so to a hometown near you oh that is so funny oh well i get. i think we can leave it at that and kind of actually get into the show now so today our topic is smart cities uh kind of piggybacking off some some big news coming out of arizona but first, we want to go to Allie for market updates. Allie. Sorry, it takes everything in me to not laugh at this, this fantastic introduction. <laughs> I'm not normally taken so seriously. All right, so we will dive in. I think there are two different things in terms of market updates that we should cover. Feel free, you guys, to jump into. It doesn't need to just be me because there are things that will really impact our industry. Oh, no, we just want to hear you for the next (laughs) 10 minutes. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) She sounds pretty damn official based off of that last one anyway. The first is tax reform. So I imagine you guys have been following this quite closely as we stand right now, we are recording on December 9th. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. Okay, so there will probably be updates by the time some people are listening to this, but there are proposed plans to double the standard deduction. So, if you're married, that will now put you at 24000 That will come standard when you go to file your taxes. Besides that, depending on which plan you're looking at, the House or Senate, and again, where we're standing today, the Senate bill has passed, and they're trying to reconcile both the Senate and House bills, but the mortgage interest deduction under the Senate plan will stay at a million, and if you go to the House bill, it'll be at 500000 So we, as an industry, are advocating that it keeps with the Senate bill keeping at a million, because if you drop it down to 500000 people that already own homes will be grandfathered in. So you don't want <laughs> right. someone who has a $900,000 yeah, mortgage. Moving. Yeah, yep. exactly. Why would you move? And then besides that, the other difference is capping state and local taxes called SALT, capping SALT at 10000 which does not matter in most parts of the country, but we're sitting here in California, and that's bad news. Yeah, yeah. And same with New York, same with New Jersey, same with Connecticut. So last I heard, they're trying to make revisions that maybe the higher tax states could have a higher cap for SALT, but... Um, we think in general, it could be good for the housing industry because more people are going to get money because of the standard deduction, but there is a concern about what happens to some of the high cost markets. And besides that, the FHA loan limits, did you guys see those got released for 2018? No, no I didn't see it yet. Yeah. So it got jumped up Seattle. They got bumped up 75,000, uh, LA, DC, San Jose, San Francisco up 44,000. And then mm-hmm. Riverside, a market that again in our market they care a lot about the fha loan limit went up by twenty six thousand. you're saying seattle went up 75 yes but wow. it almost it hasn't gone up that much in the past few years yeah. so it's almost making up for lost time got it but it is still it's well, welcome so like news. more of a correction mm-hmm. hmm. yeah 
I mean, that's huge. I mean, the FHA loan limit's huge. I mean, especially with a lot of the product that we deal with in Southern California, pushing yeah. out IE, you know, mm-hmm. it's a yeah, big what, difference. What was Riverside? 26? 26,000. Yeah. Wow. And so we pulled of the actively selling projects. I can't remember what the total number was, but 20 more projects would now fall under that bucket. It's huge. We just don't know if once you're already actively selling, if you can go back and become FHA approved. Mm. So we don't have those numbers, but if that's the case... I would, think you, I, I would think you can actually okay yeah i would I think you can we're all speculating on that but i mean the other thing that that i know that came out of when they were talking about you know the, the tax reform obviously with the the property taxes you're starting to push that level now of does it really make sense to own a house or not i mean that's the big thing that comes into play right mm-hmm. because one of the biggest things everybody says sure you've got You've got that amount you have to pay every single month, whether you're renting or you're or you're purchasing, but you have that write-off. Mm-hmm. So if you start deducing that write-off down, it drastically reduces the incentive to purchase a house. Like, what's the point? Yeah. Now, ultimately, you're gaining equity. That's what everybody tends to forget when they're talking about these things. Mm-hmm. So you're paying down the mortgage and everything, but you don't get any real quick-term benefit from it in that regard. And the so NEHB, I think that's one of these things. so the lobbyist group for our industry, the National Association of Home Builders, they are meeting with senators and congressmen, and they are saying, okay, fine, if you want to change it like this, that's fine, but please figure out a way to still link housing and taxes so that you can keep the incentive. So there is still an argument when you're saying, why own versus rent? There still be some connection. Yeah. I haven't heard any updates on that, though. So huh. it's fascinating. So we'll just jump right into the the topic for today then. Again, this is smart cities and kind of discussing uh, land development in general a little bit. But first, we'll we'll, we'll define a smart city because this phrase has been thrown around a lot lately. Um, Again, based off of that that recent news coming out of Arizona and and Bill Gates. So just a quick background or concept of, of a smart city. The thought is that these are what some people consider futuristic type urban areas where electronic data sensors are spread pretty much everywhere, which will connect the city and hopefully generate resources that are all tied together to to improve efficiency for transportation, health, pollution, and and any other aspect of city city maintenance. So collecting all of that data and tying this, this whole city together to be more efficient. And again, when people hear about a smart city, they immediately think about that futuristic look and that tech side, but it's not necessarily just about that. So I wanted to give a little bit of comparison and and thoughts to that because a smart city is a lot more than just the tech part of it. It's about generally that idea of being more efficient. So that comes down to the design of the of the city as well. So, and that goes, my favorite definition I heard was integrating design and technology for a higher quality of life and create efficient infrastructure. Mm-hmm. So I like that because it doesn't even say it's technology. It's just, it's all about how everything flows. Yeah. When you think about historically planning, planning concepts, uh, there have been a lot throughout the years that, that go in a lot of different directions. And I always struggle when I talk about planning because you don't really know what's good and what's bad until, you know, 20 to 50 years down the line. Uh, So there's been all of these different planning concepts throughout history. Uh, One was the, have you guys ever heard of Le Corbusier? No. He's a a famous architect and kind of thinker and philosopher of design. And one of his concepts was... um, in 1925, he did 
what he called the city of tomorrow. And he had this, this planning concept where at the core was the commercial space or commercial district. And there were these multiple high rises and it would minimize the, the footprint of the commercial space, uh, leaving 5% surface area of that district, leaving the rest of it to open parks, which sounds really nice. And then on the outskirts where the residential and then there was this, um, you know, corridors of planned transportation. Yeah, for public transportation and, and high efficiency, you know, transportation that way. Another concept was the Garden City movement. It's really interesting. I'll relate it to Hunger Games. Have you guys seen yeah. Hunger Games? Okay. So in Hunger Games. No, I want to clarify. I only saw the first one. Oh, okay. I didn't see the whole thing. Yeah. I haven't seen Harry Potter. I haven't seen any of that kind of stuff. Oh, but I did on. watch. I no Harry Potter? Says says the person wearing some kind of funky dress today. Oh I my mean, come on. gosh. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, so anyway, I saw the first one, and it was good. So okay, yeah, so I, I don't recall how much info they give in the movie, uh, in the first movie, but they they have these districts, yep. and, and they're basically pods. Uh, yep. And the Garden City movement, I'm, I'm trying to make connections for everybody. Uh, so the Garden City movement were these... The concept was that you would start with this district or pod and you basically built out to maximum capacity of that pod and then you start a new pod that radiates they all radiate off of off of that first one so you end up with this so you know, branches out yeah so you end okay. up with this it's like a chain this, like like a branch chain yeah yeah okay. so um so they all radiate from this this one pod and you end up with nice green space between uh, okay. um and then you use those corridors to transport from one to the other. Similarly, in the movie Hunger Games, you have this effect of bad districts and people being, you know, stuck. Yeah, in it was one. almost like different classes. Yeah, if exactly. If I remember correctly, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, th- so that that was a problem with that concept as well. Um, and they they kind of actually now that i think about it they probably ripped it straight from this this garden city movement yeah so can you also draw the parallel to hogsmeade oh oh my god (laughs) (laughs) i'm just kidding that's from harry potter harry potter reference for those that are not in the room jason and i just looked at each other like what completely confused (laughs) (laughs) so if you're listening to this and you know what ali just said uh kudos to you i guess I have no idea what what you mean by that. Yeah, sorry. I did. I did once go to a wedding with uh, whoever the the main girl is. What? what uh, Emma, Emma. Emma. Something. Yeah. Watson. 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 Yeah. Yeah. You went to a wedding w- with her. Emma. I appreciated that dance, by the way. Thank you very <laughs> what? much. What? Dead serious. It was in L.A. It was probably four or five years ago. Did she have an accent? Oh yeah. Okay. Just confirming it was the right. No, for sure. Wait, you went to the wedding and she was there. Yeah, she was, it was not her wedding. I thought you. I thought you. No, no, no. For a second, I no, I did not marry went, her either. Like I thought it didn't you work said that you way. Went she tried, her. but I was like, "This." I introduced her to my wife while we were there, oh so I want to make sure. But uh, anyway, so that's as that's as close as I got to maybe Harry's Potter. I'm not sure how this works out, but. <laughs> 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 ridiculous. Oh god. And for those of you that can't see in here, which is all of you, Allie has turned a bright shade of red at this point, so it's a good time. <laughs> All right, back to smart cities. Uh, yeah, so the, so the last the last concept, uh, which we're all familiar with, is uh, uh, the urban sprawl, where you know it all started from this core downtown. Similarly, with the um, city of tomorrow, where you have the the commercial district at the center, but in this case, it's usually on a grid system, and it just kind of spreads out 
uncontrollably like a mm. virus and just goes out all over the place. So I just wanted to give a little bit of context to that um, and then jump into what a smart city can be. And as far as the planning of a smart city or one thought for a smart city is having more of a, a mixed use type of environment yeah. where it's, it promotes a lot more walkability amongst all the people that live there. It's a little more satisfying, I think, because you get that kind of neighborhood feel, you know, Main Street type look. Well, I think that's the question I have when I hear the different concepts. I mean, is it really just kind of like the urban lifestyle infused with higher technology? I mean, is that the idea? Because if you look, if you look at the definition like urban and stuff like that, it's walkability, it's mm-hmm. mixed use, you've got commercial right there, you've got open spaces for parks because essentially you have no yard, you know, those types of things. So is it is it trying to somehow mechanize or efficientize urban living? I mean, would that be a decent parallel? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's how I understood it, is how do you best allocate the resources? And I was watching TED Talks on different smart city experts in preparation for this. And what I found out was that in 1950, 30% of all people lived in an urban environment. And fast forward to today, it's 50% of the world's population lives in cities. So I think it was, you have all these people living in cities, and now we're starting to be faced with congestion and pollution Mm -hmm. and... Uh, wasting energy and all of these different things. So how do you then make that a more desirable place to live and a better place for the environment and for the world going forward? Yeah, on on the housing front, um, another concept of a smart city is having housing diversity. So you have a mix of different classes, different types of housing. Uh, You you can have some uh, detached, some flats, some high-rise, all mixed together. Um, so you get a, a good mix of people that, that will live in that community. And again, some of the master plans right now, they're doing a pretty good job of mixing up product, Mm -hmm. right? So I'm thinking like five point great park area, right? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. You got a lot of flats, you got a lot of townhomes, you got a lot of big single family and they're all relatively across the street from each other. Yes. And daybreak too. Daybreak's the master plan in Salt Lake. Yeah. And then, and then you want to pair that, pair all of those with having a lot of open space, diverse transportation options um so having you know trains buses and then soon to be autonomous vehicles uh is one of the the tech tech jumps that we're going to make when when we talk about smart cities i think it'll be interesting right because we talk about open spaces and those types of things that's why it's in arizona and where else and what other geographies is this in well singapore uh south korea new york I guess New York's interesting. Yeah. Well, I guess depending on what part of New York, right? Because when you get into some of these, like, metropolis-type areas, there's no open spaces. Like, Mm -hmm. you can't do open space because, look, God's not making any more land, right? So it is what it is. Well, you have to think about how you can do it. You can do an open space uh, vertically, or or not vertically, but, you know, in the air. Uh, You just have to plan for it and design it's true actually well and that's what i thought was fascinating is as you look at it there's two ways to really do a smart city and one is to build on an existing city that's already in place and another is is, to build a city from scratch yeah this the i think that's what they're gonna do the city doing a converting an existing city to a smart city is brutal brutal. Brutal. it's so much more expensive to do that and and you got to shut down a city to you know get underground and run new lines but i think to her point that'll probably happen yeah, you know, if, it, has if it takes to. off and these other ones where they're going ground up, like you're saying, because I totally agree to mm-hmm. put in the infrastructure from the beginning as opposed to retrofitting, it's not even close, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe it will go that direction at some point, just like you have redevelopment as it is now. I mean, 
most of the infill we see is teardowns of whatever and popping it right in the middle of a well-developed city as it is. Well, yeah. and there's examples of both because in 2014, Singapore said, we're going to become a smart nation. So they're not even just trying to reform just the the city that people know and love. They want to do the whole thing. And so, yes, it was hard that you have to update the infrastructure, but what they started with was putting cameras everywhere. And so then they could monitor if you live in a high rise and you threw the stuff out your window, they know who's littering hmm. or they know who's smoking when you're not supposed to be smoking. And so they kind of started with, the cameras that are then fed into what they call virtual Singapore. And they have a whole team that sits and uses virtual Singapore. The data looks at all that. It controls crowds. It controls cleanliness. That's why the city, when you go, is impeccable because... That's so creepy. Yeah. That's interesting, though, because that's, I mean, that's some of the stuff I like. So take this morning, right? 4 a.m., I'm driving down the street on the way to the gym, and I got stopped at, like, three stoplights. I'm yeah. the only effing car on the road <laughs> and I'm sitting there looking at, I'm not going to lie to you. I broke the law twice. Like I was just nice. like, forget this. Like there's nobody coming. I'm going right. This, but this is just to me. That's just, coppers. That's just coppers. what I'm all old timey. Uh, no, I was saying this is just, just stick. Oh so yeah. No, you didn't, sure. you didn't actually do this. We don't want anyone to get yeah, you no. a ticket. It's all right. Look, you get, like we got to fix it, but it's just, you're looking at that and you're going, that's, that's a complete waste. You know what I mean? Like that's mm-hmm. inefficient in so many ways and yep. with some sensors like we're talking about or however you look at that, that should be something that's automatically popping. I mean, that's a, it's a direct vein street. Mm-hmm. Why would that one be red? Like yeah. there's no reason for that to happen. Yep. Yeah. You know, certain things like that, you got to look at it and just say, there's got to be a more intelligent way to do this type of stuff. And that's, that's kind of where the, the tech side comes yeah. in. Um, yeah. So making everything much more improved, uh, more efficient. So, you basically end up with these sensors everywhere that can tell you're the only guy on the road. So let's clear a path for him. Um, And it's also about, you know, making utilities and all of these systems less vulnerable to uh, disaster. So like in LA, for example, from what I understand, there are major arteries of Mm -hmm. electrical gas uh, plumbing that run along the San Andreas fault. And yeah, and at some point, I I believe they're actively trying to come up with a solution for this um, if they haven't already. Um, I'm not that into the into that uh, industry. But from what I understand, it runs right along the San Andreas fault. And when that thing breaks, it's going to snap, you know, these major arteries that connect everything that we need. And people will be cut off from water power for who knows how long. So no, I'm good. My wife just bought us like a year survival kit or something. Nice. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. So link she Amazon went on all that. bunkered on me the other day. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> I'm so bad at that. Uh, I, I think we have like two cases of water just in case. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's very strange looking in the States because I was Googling, okay, are there smart cities here? And I was looking and they said, Boston was number one. New York was number two in Columbus, Ohio, where I went to undergrad is number three. Really? Which was so strange to me, but it sounds like what the only thing that it sounds like Columbus did is they are helping with the traffic flow. Mm. And because it's not as mainstream here in the States so far, maybe that's how it was able to be high on the list. But a study I found said that by 2025, they would have, we would have 88 smart cities in the entire world. So it's happening a bit quicker than, at least before I started researching this, I didn't realize how prevalent it was. I mean, here's kind of a funny thing. Is it really just like a huge marketing thing? I mean, I'm not saying there's some validity to it, mm-hmm. but is it really just to draw people in and say, hey, we've got you know one of the smartest cities and this and that, come spend mm-hmm. your money here and live here, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's kind of a marketing vehicle. Yeah, yeah it is. Uh, mm-hmm. It is a, Everyone's trying to attract these 
large tech companies too. Yeah. And smart city is something that sounds really cool that, yeah. that will attract people. Yeah. And the way I understand it is that the kind of, when I was looking through the examples, a lot of it focuses on the city's operations. So it's sure. not necessarily you and I are living a better life. Maybe in the case of the traffic, right. yes, but right. in some of the other cases, it's more like the invisible things that you may not know it is a difference yes. necessarily living there yes. or, yeah. but it's in theory is living better. So I wanted to, um, jump back or jump back a little bit and I've mentioned Bill Gates a couple of times and, uh, play for you guys this, this report. This is a uh, channel 12 news in Arizona. An undeveloped area about 45 minutes west of downtown Phoenix off I-10 near Tonopah. But this land is now in the hands of one of the richest men on earth. I have a dream that every child in America will attend a great school. One Bill Gates and his plan is a big one. Belmont Partners, an Arizona-based real estate investment group, says a firm owned by Gates dropped a whopping $80 million to kickstart the development of a brand new community there called Belmont. The end goal? Turn this blank slate, roughly the size of Tempe, into its own smart city. Driverless cars, digital networks, data centers, you name it. Bill Gates is known for innovation and those kind of things, and I think uh, he picked the right location. He's coming to Arizona. Ronald Schott of the Arizona Technology Council says this spot, while remote now, is a good one, in part due to the proposed I-11 freeway, which would run right through Belmont and connect to Las Vegas. Finally, Arizona is getting recognized for being a place for innovation. 3,800 acres will go towards office, commercial, and retail space. 470 acres for public schools plus room for 80,000 housing units. Their goal is to try to make this the most positive state to do business in and advocate for the technology industries. Now, with the exception of those details I just talked about, the attorneys representing the investors are staying pretty tight-lipped. They're not commenting on when construction will start or if Microsoft will be opening an office there. Bianca Bono, 12 News. So like she mentioned, uh, or like they mentioned, they, they are trying to attract companies um, with this as sort of a, a marketing ploy. They are not ploy, but a marketing scheme. And, and some of the things that they are looking to attract or reasons that this is an attractive option are obviously improved transportation. So people that, that do shipping like Amazon, everybody's trying to get Amazon right now for their second headquarters because this this smart city is so well planned there it's going to speed up their distribution coming out and any logistics in that way uh, secure connectivity and improved connectivity uh, linking any systems that they need within their their corporation and, and connecting to different employees the reputation obviously is going to get a ton of uh, attention and notoriety as as they uh, these companies are linked to a smart city. So there's a ton of benefit and and reason these tech companies are going to fall in love with this as more and more cities jump on board with either converting uh, their existing city or, you know, planning out plots of land that are going to be uh, ground up smart city. And I think the, the benefit from, so Cascade Investments is Bill Gates' group. It, when they come to do this, almost the intangible is now 
I don't think it takes away the risk, but people start to say, okay, they're willing to do this big upfront cost. They're willing to take on the, the risk of this. And I think this could be good for the industry as it will take time and they will see the fumbles. But what I've learned is that different mayors in different cities want to see what hurdles people face. Yeah. And if Bill Gates is able to do this first and you can kind of learn from them, I could yeah. see that being a big push for the country going forward. And it was funny because uh, while that was playing, Jason, you were like, that's not that much money. What, 80? Yeah, I mean, it? for what they purchased, you know what I mean? Yeah, what was it? Uh, 80 million for how many acres? 80, 80 million for 25,000 acres. And I think when you run the math, it calculated down to like, I want to say it was like three thirty nine hundred bucks or something in acres. It's like yeah. nothing. Well, and it makes sense because when you're watching the clip, there's nothing there. Yeah. And then what's kind of funny is, you know, uh, you see the overlay of the development right the mm -hmm. the, the uh, computer generated development is like lush green and so my 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 mind automatically starts going to okay efficient now we're back into drought like you're in a desert and it looks like a green you know oasis and so you start thinking about all those things you know like you know sustainability and efficiency mm -hmm. and everything else comes to play and obviously i need to make it look good mm -hmm. but then you start going okay what other limitations are you going to run into here because you're in the middle of arizona yeah mm -hmm. like there's only so many people that want to live in arizona i know the guy's saying yeah arizona's great cool and i have no problem with arizona but i'm going to be honest Coming from Southern California, I'd rather live here. You yeah. know what I mean? By the water and everything yeah. else. So it's just interesting to see how that type of stuff will play out because, you know, maybe people are going to go just for that. But when it hits 115 degrees, I mean, maybe that's something the other – how else does that get handled? You know what I mean? As far as a smart city. So when do they start building in the solar and then the heat capture, you know mm -hmm. what I mean, into the asphalt? And you see a lot of these different things that these guys are doing with with the, uh, the actual development of those. Yeah. So, you know, maybe there's – ways that they can capture energy through those types of things as well and i'm assuming that's got to play a huge piece i mean seeing the tesla roof tiles yeah you know all that type of stuff especially in a sun-baked area like that so it's, it's just interesting and it's funny you mention that because one of the big issues that some of the planners are bringing up about this development is the water there's uh, no water there's that's, none that's probably there this location is actually pretty close to a, a aqueduct yeah but, but they um, don't own that aqueduct uh yeah, the, the, the development company. Yeah. Yeah. But they, um, so Arizona is already in a drought right now and having water issues. So that water rights uh, issue is going to be a big one big. for them to, to get over. I think, uh, is it Lake Mead is uh, one of the, the water systems that runs there um, coming off of the Colorado River. Mm -hmm. It's losing 12 feet of water annually uh for the last i want to say four or five years or something like that Oof. um so they have to also prove that they can introducing i think they plan to introduce 180,000 people into that city so they have to prove that those numbers work to sustain that water and not you know not and deplete I, and that that's source. what i'm saying like it looks like a big issue to me yeah you know when you when you look at those pictures and that overlay it's like something's not adding up here yeah you know i you know, I definitely will, I'm not the brightest bulb in the pack, but when you look at those types of things, it's like you're looking at extremes, Yeah. you know, and anytime you get extremes, there's other extreme costs mm -hmm. involved in being able to make that work or, you know, can you make it work? Yeah. That's the biggest thing. And you talked about too, you talked about how you probably wouldn't be likely to move to that city, but I wonder if techies that are 
faced with affordability problems in San Jose, who then went to mm. Seattle, which are now faced yeah. with affordability problems in Seattle, mm-hmm. which then went to Denver and are faced with the same problems again, at a, and then went to Austin. Yeah. At a certain point, when you're in Austin, <laughs> now Phoenix isn't that bad. Yeah. <laughs> so I wonder if you will still see people that think a smart city is such a cool idea, plus you can afford a pretty nice house, and there are different quality of life aspects that may come with living in this part of town. Well, I think I think it's a good question. I think the other thing that's going to be interesting to see is if they are going to do all these developments and they're going to pump them full of technology because that's going to obviously happen. You're going to have to have technology, technologically smart mm-hmm. dwellings, right? Yep. What is that affordability really going to be? Because if you're going to go out to the middle of the desert, you're expecting to pay one hundred eighty, two hundred thousand dollars for for a good size home, right? Yeah. There's no way. Like, I don't see it being 180 to two. Maybe it goes back into our other discussion we had about, you know, uh, factory built homes. Yeah. Um, and doing it differently. Maybe that's something that comes because that's efficient. Yeah. You know what I mean? So maybe it rolls right into that idea. But they're still going to have to be able to afford the house. Yeah. And if it's got all these new technologies, technology, we all know technology is not cheap, at least in the first run mm-hmm. and, and primarily in the second run, right? So. And then I guess the other part becomes when is when does that technology become outdated? Whatever they're doing, so is it like a computer that you have to update every single year with something new because the well, server, you know, everything's so much better? Well, the thought with a smart city is laying a system where you can easily adapt it uh, for possible future advancements in technology. How much you can plan for that? Who knows? Exactly. Because. You, you just don't know what, what the next system right. is going to be, what somebody's going right. to create. It's, it's, I don't know. I don't know how you, you plan for something like that. And I don't, I mean, I don't want to seem like a naysayer because I think you need to continue to evolve these things. Yeah. I think they need to continue to push these things, mm-hmm. but there's only so many natural resources available, right? Yeah. I mean, in California, luckily we got hit with a bunch of rain and supposedly we're out of the drought. I still look at some of these places and I'm like, mm, mm-hmm. I'm not so sure, but, but those are very real problems. Yeah. You know, so it'll be interesting to see how they handle that. Yeah. But I would like to see a lot more of the sustainability. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're if you're going blank slate, it's like what can, you've seen in some of the uh, places that have issues with freeze freeze thaw and all those types of deals. You've seen these concretes now that absorb water and do all. This. It's like you wonder what types of products are going to come out that can fit that mold really well. You know, where you can literally start from the beginning. You know, I mean, I'm interested to see that. Yeah, and and I want to drive home that point that you know. This is a great concept that I, I really want everybody to all these cities to pursue because it's something that that we need. This intelligent planning, the the tech side of it will be complex, but it's I think it's something that's definitely worth it to make a much more efficient city. But on the on the planning side of it, there's actually a community in Arizona right now. I believe it's about I want to say 30 or 40 miles north of Phoenix. And it's called uh, Arcosanti. It's a experimental urban development. Have you guys heard of that one? Mm. No. So this one is, they, they have a defined community and an extent for their community. And I believe there's, I want to say probably 12 to 20 residents that live there right now. And they, they have this idea or concept of this self-sustaining city where they live as a community they farm on that land they work there they live there and they develop it together and the idea is that they are not expanding out but expanding up and in is what they say and their concept is called arcology a-r-c-o-l-o-g-y 
and it's the combination of architecture with ecology and it's that idea of you know working on this space that builds that that grows in and up and works with its environment and stays within a human scale of the people that live there and without having to go to that kind of extreme if you look at it's called hudson yard in new york what they did is their irrigation system, so every drop of rainwater that falls on the Hudson Yard, the public square or the gardens, is collected into a 60,000-gallon tank and then reused for irrigation. So they said that will save them 6.5 megawatt hours of energy and offset five tons of greenhouse gases every year. Huh. So other cities are kind of figuring out, it. I don't know how rainy it is in Arizona, but at least in New York, since they have that, you know, the weather's in their favor, and then they were able to reuse it to... Well, I think I think one of the things with the water thing, and, and I'm, I don't know enough about it, but what I remember hearing a lot of times, it's not that we don't get enough rain, mm-hmm. it's that we don't capture the rain. Yeah. So it's all the runoff is the problem, right? So I think there's, whether it was Upland or Claremont or somebody around here in Southern California, actually like way back when had built a lot of infrastructure based off of collecting water. Mm-hmm. I think that's the issue, but it has to start from the beginning of the development. Like they have a bunch of catch basins, but I think it was, like I said, Claremont or Upland has a bunch of catch basins underneath, you know, all the development to actually store rainwater essentially. Um, so I, I just wonder if they'll be able to do things like that. Because like I said, Arizona gets the water. Everybody yeah. gets the water. It's yeah. just, they have no way to hold the water is the problem. So how can you best capture it and, and you know, if be most efficient with it. Right. Yeah. So I think that's really what probably it is, and that kind of makes sense based off of what you're saying about that. The community you just mentioned, they mm-hmm. basically said, "Hey, we can capture this as long as we can capture it, we're good to go." Mm-hmm. And so I, it, a lot of stuff's going to be, you know, really interesting to hear as it comes out because and see, you know, the development behind it and see what they do really well from the beginning from a planning stage. Because I don't know how many of these individuals are really going to be are going to have the experience previously mm-hmm. with development versus how many are going to be kind of stonewalled because you just can't do it that way. So, you know what I mean? It'll be an interesting um, study to see how the two worlds kind of collide. And you made a point that's worth emphasizing uh, of planning. Um, yeah. As when you do these cities and as you move forward, you need to have everybody in the room. Uh, I mentioned this in our last uh, conversation but you need to have everybody in the room providing input to have a well thought out plan to to do these concepts of capturing rainwater and how, where do we locate that how, how we set up the basins to do such things and and as i was looking through them and to planning my favorite use was trash and so i saw two different ways that the cities were trying to figure out how to better take care of their trash problem and so the one that i saw was kind of the one that your mind would probably jump to is okay there's a sensor that says trash is full have the trucks only come when the trash is full but my favorite one was the way they built the city was that there were underground tunnels that were kind of like vacuums so just whenever you put in the trash it just got sucked into the vacuum and kind of went down into the system and and oh that sounds so fun (laughs) so that one to me it was like think of a lot of their uses for that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so as I read through all of them, that one stuck out to me as like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Instead of then you don't have the air pollution from the truck that's going around and then you don't have all the other. That's concerns. the other thing too. I mean, what products can you utilize in that community? You know what I mean? Is everything recyclable? Is mm-hmm. it, you know, all that type of stuff. What type of limitations are they going to place on common materials? And you know, I don't know if anybody's really gone over that yet, but. Yeah. And in that community, Arcosanti, they actually plan for composting and, you know, recycling and and moving their um 
separating everything so that they can either compost, recycle it, uh, or dispose of, um, you know, chemicals or, or things that, that they want to get rid of. Uh, so there is that thought of, you know, how do I get things out? How do I reuse things and uh, not creating too much waste and, and planning out not creating a lot of waste too. And so I don't know if I'm jumping the gun on this next point, but as we talked through this and as I researched this, I'm not entirely sure how on board I am to smart cities in terms of privacy. Yeah, I was I was actually going to ask you guys that. There was a there was a movie called was it the Circle that recently came out. Oh, oh it was yeah, yeah. but it was I didn't Tom see it. Hanks and, and my and girl Emma girl. Watson. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right. She's a little bit older now. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but that was interesting. I don't know. I think Demetrius has some movies for me later, but that was that was one that we saw recently, and that's exactly what I think of the whole time. I mean, data mining, all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. stored cameras everywhere, all these types of things, and it's like. I mean, you're like, it's hard enough for anybody to get away with anything these days because you're always on video. Yes. Like even when I was coaching the college kids, I'm like, look, stop doing stupid stuff. Somebody, <laughs> somebody's filming somewhere. Like yeah. there's no question. Well, now it's, you know, like, you know, it yeah. every corner and every piece is watched. And and the, you guys, I don't think read the book 1984 by George Orwell. A long time ago. Okay. You, you'd have to refer. I did my... not. Well, it's, it's a whole book about how big brother's watching you. And it's about how then the government has these cameras and they always know what you're up to. And this was written, I think in the fifties. And when I was reading it, it's like, Ooh, it's so eerie because it really feels practical in today's life. And, I, just after reading that, I now unplugged my Alexa. I unplugged all the other devices <laughs> in my house. You can see on my computer, I have my camera covered up. Yeah, so that's I know like my wife listening to me. Yeah, that's my wife. Yes. There's these stupid sticky notes yes. on like every single camera port of like whatever we have. Right. And my husband says I'm crazy, but I tell you, I think they're watching me, and I don't that, want them watching me that, anymore. <laughs> that's so funny. As we sit here, I glanced over when you mentioned that, and she literally has a little sticky yeah. note covering up the camera. Don't watch me. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think the other part of it that I look at a lot of times is someone's like, aren't you? I'm like, Dave, it's already out there. Like, I, you know what I mean? I don't think it's anything new. I mean, aside from being like super, super private and know what you're doing in the restroom. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know how much, how much more invasive it can actually get. I mean, just like look at, um, what is it? What, that, like fraud, right? Like uh, people are stealing identities and mm-hmm. bank fraud and all these other kind of things. I mean, it's like it's almost like you become desensitized to it because it's either going to happen or not, no matter what you do. Yeah. Just were you the lucky one that got nailed? You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So in a lot of regard, like traffic cameras, you know, all these other kind of things that are right there everywhere. And even if you're not, even if you've got a sticky note, my phone's right here and it's got a camera on my phone. I know. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Right like it's here. just one of those things that I think there's no way around it. So, I think so, it's already there. Yeah. So I recently started catching up on Mr. Robot have you guys seen that show? No. no. Oh my god! You oh, get it. I've seen the previews. I don't <laughs> think it's up my it. alley at oh all. Oh my god! It's dude. it's on after Suits. Suits is the best damn show there is. <laughs> Our respecter's <laughs> the man. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so in Mr. Robot, you know, it's about hacking. Uh, so going off the same thing, I was so terrified now i always think somebody is hacking me i like anytime i sign on to my phone or anything or like shrug my shoulders and just try and cover up my phone thinking the drone is flying over me and oh watching my gosh. me don't I, make me more paranoid I, that's the one thing i don't like those drones yeah so like there was one you know i've got a couple firearms at my home and there was like a, a guy that kept flying a drone not necessarily over my house but yeah. it was like that became invasive to me 
Yeah. Like, I, you know, you want to watch me, watch me all you want. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I understand. It's a good show. Go for it. Right. But for the most part, like that kind of stuff, I'm like, yo, you know, I can hear it. Yeah. You know, I can see it. And it's like, I'm going to blow that damn thing out of the sky, <laughs> you know? But, um, it, I, I think it's just, I think it's just the environment we live in. I mean, that's why, like, do you remember when it first started happening when there was fraud? It was like, you were screwed, right? Yeah. Now if there's fraud, like the bank put your money back. Yeah. I mean, it's now it's their problem, you yeah. know? Well, for the and, privacy, we have to collectively come together. We have to advocate and fight it. <laughs> and I will, I will be the leader. That of ship has team. sailed, babe. It's gone. <laughs> you can see Allie in the front line, just like full yeah, on upstream, just like me. the salmon, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's terrifying. I'm kind of like between the two of you. Hmm. I'm really concerned about it, but at the same time, like, uh, what, what can I do? I don't know. I don't. Well, like, it, even even wasn't it the credit the credit company? Uh, oh yeah, that they got hacked. Yeah, you know what I mean. And they're the ones you go to supposedly find out how good you're doing, right? Yeah. And it's like, so I mean, it's just one of those things where you look at it it's like it's it's gonna happen. I mean, there's nothing. I certainly am no technological genius you know what i mean so there's nothing i can do yeah to do that i'm relying on the other people which is essentially just giving the power to the other individuals yeah. to then handle it right have you guys heard about uh blockchain hmm. so it's this this new concept of uh of data uh storage basically i'm you know i'm really rough on this this is a little about a little bit outside of my realm but um it's kind of a data storage but that data is not in one central location so it makes it extremely difficult oh. to hack. It's spread like amongst, chunks it out into different things. Yeah, it's it's basically spread amongst several different uh, uh, home sources or sources. So it's it's constantly kind of moving and unbreakable or unbreak hackable, I guess. And it's it's a reasoning. That's kind of what Bitcoin and all that cr- uh, cryptocurrency yeah. is based off of. And it's decentralizing how that data is stored. So once we get to a point where everyone's everyone's going to start to implement this blockchain uh, kind of format, I think that's one way to sort of protect protect everything. So don't at least for a short pre- amount of time, then they have to come up with something else, right? Because yeah, somebody created it, that means somebody else can hack it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So Allie, don't freak out too much. I think help Just is on the way. Just cash the mattress. That's babe. exactly it. Throwing my computer it. away. Throwing my smartphone away. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Going back to the dark ages. Just, yeah. chu- just chucks it she's out. going the off the grid in a tiny house. Just <laughs> chucks it out the window. I'm done. Just walk off. Um, so if you guys don't have anything else as far as uh, the topic, did so you want to? Not for that, but I want to go on the record. It's end of year, and we talked about Amazon. Where do you guys want to officially guess that HQ2 is going? I don't have a clue. Ooh. No, you gotta. You gotta I throw something in. I don't, I don't follow it enough. Okay, well, they want to have a headquarters that's easily accessible to where their current headquarters is on a flight. They want to have an educated population. They don't right. care about housing affordability. I... My first instinct... So me, you go to Vegas. <laughs> okay. I mean, so, that, that makes sense to me. It, with everything that they're continuing to grow and stuff like that, I, I think Vegas makes sense. Or somewhere around there. Okay. Hmm. I'm know. saying Dallas or Denver. Yeah, my first Dallas guess was Denver, so I'll stick with Denver. All right, <laughs> I really wanted, I really wanted Omaha, which sounds completely wrong. You but like steak? They, I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> they, um, they were talking about the Silicon Prairie, and so it has a lot of educated Midwest people that haven't left. But I don't mm. think that the infrastructure is there to support fifty thousand yeah. new jobs, and I don't think the flights are there. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. All right, so we yeah. have Vegas. 
uh, Denver and Dallas. And I'm telling you, it's not going to be Vegas. Like I just think it would make sense <laughs> with yeah. everybody so, that's going that so way. So what do you do? You guys think Arizona is a possibility with this whole Bill Gates thing? Do you think something? No, you know what? Because I think on. it's egos. To be honest with you, I think people will separate. Hmm. You know what I mean? They kind of want to make their own thing. Like, no offense. Like, they don't tend to follow each other. Yeah. They tend to separate. Yeah. You know what I mean? And who did it better? Interesting. I never had Phoenix on my radar. Yeah. I also had Portland and Austin, but I don't think Austin's airport's good enough. Um, before we leave this, I wanted to ask you guys a, a couple questions before we leave the, the smart city thing. But um, would you guys live in, no. <laughs> in these smart city or like, uh, I think it'd make me feel dumb. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't, it's hard for me to, to answer that. I'm more of an old neighborhood person. Okay. Um, that's why I don't think I fit a lot of the millennial discussions about what they want going forward. Cause I don't want what everybody else has typecasted for a millennial. Hmm. I'm not technologically interested if that makes sense, I want to get a phone. I got a new phone because mm-hmm. our IT guy went and got me a new phone because the other one wasn't working and I still haven't figured out what to do with it. And I'm sure I'm not using one one hundredth of what its capabilities are. So I don't know if I'm there. I would love not stopping at a stoplight at 4 a.m. That'd yeah. be rad. You yeah. know what I mean? But I don't have a massive interest in that. I don't have the automated home. I don't have a desire to have an automated home. Yeah. I barely use Siri, much less Alexa or google or yeah. whatever it is okay google yeah okay you know what i mean so i, just I, I don't know <laughs> i think my kids would do it i can tell you that my son would love the idea at yeah. nine years old already he he would think it's probably one of the neatest things especially if things were automated yeah you know they do like that quite a bit so yeah. i don't know if that's a spread on generation two but yeah ali uh i don't think i would be a trailblazer i don't think i would jump on board i'm the same i don't think like i said i unplugged all of my internet of thing devices so well the ones i can control i'm not sure i'm there yet i think there are efficiencies to be had and i think your life would probably run smoother in different ways and probably the air quality would be nicer there probably be things that you don't realize would be improved but i don't think i'm moving there tomorrow if they opened one interesting so that's funny i I fall between you guys or (laughs) yeah i would so move there in a heartbeat I would, I would definitely do it, but I'd be terrified the entire time <laughs> <laughs> that I'm being watched by Big Brother. Uh, but I would love to be in that type of environment. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I think it would have the, the best of both worlds of that kind of old-time neighborhood feel um, because it's, you know, this system that's all intertwined as far as, you know, commercial that you could walk to a park, uh, walk to the neighborhood, uh, store Mm -hmm. and then, um, go back home, go to your friend's place and hang out. Uh, and everything's walkable. Um, like you said, probably better air quality. Um, everything's way more efficient. Uh, I would, I would definitely love to do it, but again, I'd be terrified. I I think the terrified thing's honestly something that i look at too yeah I mean, you know we'll talk about autonomous cars and all this and i love cars and i love driving so yeah. not sitting in traffic driving yeah. but driving driving yeah and the autonomous thing freaks me out hmm. because there's a lot of people that are driving on the road nonetheless that freak me out i don't think are smart enough to drive a vehicle yeah but i mean I, we've all had computers that glitch it yeah you know what i mean we've all have computers that all of a sudden freeze up you know what i mean and so those are the type of things that i really worry about yeah and there is still some human elements that you just can't like they're getting better and better and closer and closer but you just can't duplicate so 
if you, if you take that concern to your point Mm -hmm. freaks me out and parlay that into a bunch of other stuff that may be a bit more autonomous, Mm -hmm. you kind of wonder, you know, how that whole thing's really going to work. But I think you're right about the generational thing. So I don't even think looking at 18 and older, I think looking at all of those kids, maybe 17 and younger that grew up with Snapchat, like that grew up with all of these devices where they are yeah, my six-year-old's got an iPad. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? And so maybe it's even younger. Maybe it's like 15 and younger. I think they probably won't even flinch. But it, kind of as you go up the age spectrum, I think you'll find millennials that would, wouldn't. I think you'd find boomers that would and wouldn't. It just yeah. kind of depends on how well they adapted to the technology. But for the young people, you don't really have a choice. It's true. It's there. That's and, true. And that's one thing that we didn't even touch on, surprisingly, is the, I mean, we mentioned it, the autonomous vehicles. Um, we'll probably end up doing a, a full show on that but that's also going to make a huge difference to the the actual design of the homes because um, then you can do away with garages the and, transportation yeah, yeah and uh your transportation gets a lot tighter because it's more efficient you don't have the the human error of people swaying and you know looking not down not at their park. phone yeah. yeah so that's gonna to make a huge change but but we we definitely need to get into that um at a later time too a little more detailed but if you guys don't have anything else, I wanted to introduce a, a new segment uh, that we'll do occasionally, and that's my my top five. Mm-hmm. And we're doing the top five movies. Since we're talking about smart cities, hopefully you guys have seen some of these. Wait, not- so are these your top favorite movies or top five movies that relate to smart cities? So these are my top five movies, my favorites, that have a smart city, futuristic type of vibe to them. Okay. So we'll start at number five because it's actually like one of my favorites. I have the whole series on my, on my TV right now is Back to the Future. Sure. Uh, Back to the Future 2 specifically. Uh, that is number five. Um, when you go to to Hill Valley, yep. and this is 2015, the future, yep. <laughs> which yep. just passed, um, where they have the flying cars, mm-hmm. uh, the the suit or the jacket that dries itself, yep. uh, the hoverboard. You have everyone's connected to some sort of headset yeah, or uh, FaceTime, essentially screens, yep, that screens pop, that pop the, up, the flat yep. screens. So. That's probably uh, really one of my favorite movies, but I'll put it at number five on okay. this list. Mm. Allie, you haven't seen it, huh? I, did it come out like 20 years ago? Oh, I probably God, saw it. I, I can't tell you. It was a long time ago. I, I don't remember what the, the date was. Ago. I think it was uh, mid-80s, I want to say. Yeah. Maybe mid to late 80s or something, right? Yeah, yeah. So number four, Demolition Man. Yeah. Awesome, awesome movie. No idea. Oh, my God. So, it's a guy movie. There's yeah, no question. Definitely. Uh, so Demolition Man is Sylvester Stallone and Wesley Snipes. Yeah. It's a futuristic movie where uh, Sylvester Stallone is a cop. Mm. Wesley Snipes is the bad guy. Yeah. And they they have this classic rivalry of like Batman and Joker always butting heads. And uh, they both get frozen and go into and they they're frozen for i don't, can't remember how long long period though. yeah long yeah. period of time and then they're thawed out in the future and wesley snipes gets loose and he's trying to take over the world he's always trying to take over the world and sylvester stallone is ultimately thawed out to go and catch catch him so that's a bit like austin powers oh jesus 
Uh, it's not at all like Austin Powers, <laughs> just so we're clear. Didn't they get frozen and then there's Dr. Evil and... Oh yeah, my god. Sounds to me the same. All right, wow, go ahead. you're cut off. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, an interesting note about uh, Demolition Man. It was actually, a portion of that was filmed here in Irvine at the office park where, where I work. There's a little courtyard area and... Um, and and I, if you watch the movie, you can see exactly where I walk for lunch uh, every That's day. Cool. So it's pretty cool. But in this one, they have, you know, everyone is, there are sensors everywhere, and it's connected. It's this whole wonderful society, and you can't curse. So if you say yeah. a bad word, you get a ticket. Yeah. This, this, this voice from it's the extreme. sky. Yeah, this voice yeah. from the sky uh, yells at you about, you know, your language and gives you a ticket. Uh, I so could not live there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so number three, The Island. I haven't seen that one. Nope. Oh, my God. I don't think I've seen that one. So this is ScarJo. Which I'm really upset about because I would have wanted to see that then. Yeah. And... Scarlett, Scarlett Johansson and Ewan McGregor. Yes. <laughs> you know him. Yes. <laughs> so in The Island, I can't remember if it's like the big twist in the movie so i won't give it away in case you guys want to see it one day but uh the the smart element to it this is actually it starts out this indoor uh community basically um and i I don't think you can really tell that it's an indoor community um but everything again is on a sensor it opens with ewan mcgregor going to the restroom and uh He's urinating in this urinal, and there's a screen in front of him that tells him that his sodium level is low. Oh, I think I remember the trailers. So he should, st- you know, he should. It makes suggestions of what he should eat to balance out his diet. Huh. And then he has this wristband, and he walks by and scans, and his clothes for the day pop out, and uh, gives him all these different, you know, things like that. So, number two, I Robot. Great movie. Nope. Oh jeez, Ali! <laughs> Great movie. So that <laughs> that one is uh, Will Smith, mm-hmm. and another futuristic movie. Um, he's a cop, and this one is all about robots. It's they, AI, yeah, basically robots and AI, yeah. and they've they've established these new robots that um, think for themselves and uh, make decisions and do you know do everything that we need to do. And the big question of the movie is: Are they trying to take us take over? humanity and will smith <laughs> if you guys could see ali's face right now she's thoroughly she's somewhere else right now mentally. thoroughly <laughs> terrified <laughs> um uh yeah so he uh, will smith is trying to save the day and and uh fight these robots what i thought was super cool about that movie though what they did obviously it was supposed to be like cold the robots were cold right yeah but then and that's how everybody perceived it from the ai perspective and everything else but there's pieces of that movie where then you see they actually bring the robots start to gain a human element Mm -hmm. you remember that yeah so it's really actually kind of interesting because instead of them i don't i'm going to screw this up but standing at attention when they were off or Mm -hmm. whatever the deal was they would actually cluster together yeah out of fear out of fear and and that human element of wanting to be part of something as opposed to stranded on your own. I mean, it was really kind of, it was a neat twist. I don't know if most people grabbed that or not. Yeah. But it was interesting because it was the humans afraid of becoming, you know, robots essentially and robots taking over. But then the robots on the other, it was was a trip. I think it was a different model. Yeah. Yeah. It was was an elevated model. model. Yeah. 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 Okay. Something like that. And one of the, or a couple of the smart 
city type elements to this yeah. was the autonomous vehicles. Yep. It was like a classic yep. uh, scene in the movie where he's yep. in his. Uh, That's where the BMW i8 came out for. Yeah, Remember? yeah. yeah. Uh, so he's you know he's driving home and then he puts it on autopilot and just types in home 350 yeah. miles an hour yeah. like just zooming yeah right? yeah and uh he gets to one building uh and parks his car and this robotic you know parking garage picks up his car and rotates it and takes it into this massive storage unit yeah. where all these other cars are stored yeah. uh in different ways to you know reduce yeah. the footprint of this parking garage so it's really cool so yeah. that that movie does not interest me at all i saw a clip recently well this is why i saw a clip recently that was a guy talking to a robot a real life robot that looks just like a human and yep. he was like hey i like you and all but please don't kill humans and she was oh, like yeah. i, I am going to destroy humans yeah. <laughs> i was like no yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that's unplugged. when Alice started covering unplugged. up the cameras on her stuff <laughs> that is so funny so no i robot for me <laughs> too close to home oh uh, and then we'll, we'll finish up with number one is Minority Report. That was good. Yeah. No yeah, idea. that was good, no. actually. <laughs> no idea. That was Tom Cruise, right? Yeah, Tom Cruise. Yeah. So that one was super cool. Yeah. Uh, it was really advanced, with, especially with the crime and all that type of stuff. Yeah. It was really good. So Tom Cruise is, is it's like the FBI. Yeah. And they've yeah. developed this system. I won't get into the specific. It's like specifics. futuristic planning of crimes or, yeah, or so, yeah, predicting so they, or whatever. They predict crimes that are occurring and they interfe- um, you know, intercept before yeah. the crime occurs. And it's this you know, whole yeah. elaborate. It was a trip. Yeah, mm-hmm. whole elaborate scheme that, that goes on that I won't ruin. But it's a really interesting movie. Uh, some of the elements in that one where uh, Tom Cruise, there's a scene where he's walking down the street and uh, adjacent buildings, uh, stores, scan his eyes yeah. and identify who he is yeah. and what his interests are and ads pop up yeah. for him to his own view, you know, saying... Uh, it's customized. Yeah, customized, yeah. basically. Yeah. And identify, you like coffee. You can get this particular coffee at this store next to you and different things like that. It's almost like a Google Glass, but this yeah. is off of his normal just eyes. Around. Yeah, just walking So going around. back to like, you know... Allie's like concerns about who's watching is like in that situation, yeah. no matter what you did or where you were, okay. they knew who you were, who you were and what you wanted and maybe even what you were thinking yeah. because of the rest of the premise of the movie. What yeah. if you wore shades? Um, <laughs> for everybody else it would work, not for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what do you guys think of that, that top five? Is that for the movies? Yeah, that's pretty see- good for the movies you've seen. That's pretty good. I, I could probably think of some other ones that I had a little bit of time to go along with it, but yeah, um, a couple good. a couple honorable mentions that I was considering were uh, in no particular order. Total Recall, just as yeah. a as a throwback. Yeah. Uh, Eon Flux, have you seen that one? I I think I saw part of it. It was rough for me. Uh, yeah, it it was rough. Yeah, it's based off of a video game, but that's uh, probably why I didn't it, like it. That was an interesting man, interesting one. Uh, Cloud Atlas, there's a, uh, yeah, how's it going? Uh, Hunger Games. Had a little bit one. of little yeah. element to it, and I think that was it. And for TV, Black Mirror. It's not Smart oh, Cities, but it's yeah. it's Black Mirror. It's yeah. creepy. Yeah, it's a BB, creepy. BBC uh, series that that's hmm. on Netflix now. You should check that yeah, out. Yeah, you should. Except not the first episode. Skip that one. <laughs> so stupid. My wife hates that one yeah, too. Is so that stupid. or she does? She didn't even watch it. 
a mm. friend of a friend of ours told her about it and she's like nope yeah. not watching that one no reason to yeah i don't think i'll be watching it oh. <laughs> <laughs> so with that uh we'll we'll wrap up this this episode um so if you're listening or catching up with us uh go ahead and hit next and if you are listening along as these come out we will see you in a couple weeks thanks Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise. From 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm.